You know how this goes. Don't clap for me. Clap because you came to church expecting for something this morning. To the people in the back, did you come for God to do something amazing in your life this morning? No, don't stop. Don't stop. Give God all the glory. Give Him all the recognition. Give Him all the praise. He is worthy of it and more. Take your seats, church. It is amazing to be up here. It is not scary. It is something that we should all be doing, not just on a pulpit level, but in our homes. So we want to welcome each and every one of you, as Nevi has said, to the house of the Lord. Thank you for those that are joining us online to that you have allowed us to come inside your house on your phone, on your smart devices. Thank you for letting us preach the good news to you. Welcome to our faith fam all around the world. I'm so used to the guy just being the hype man for the announcements, but I'm going to do something a little bit different today. So we do church differently here. We do church differently here. This is not the conventional churches we grew up with. God is doing something new and amazing in this building, in this place, through our lead pastors, through our serve team, and through the people that are seated here today. So God bless you, and we are going to have an awesome time. So with welcoming people, we have, you know, let's just give God a round of applause. Each and every week, we are getting stacks and stacks of new people, of visitors that are coming into this house. Give God the glory for that. So, if you are a first-time visitor, welcome. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's my first time preaching on a Sunday morning, so I, we've got something in common to vibe with. So, I want to I wanna welcome Nonlindo, Dwayne, give them a round of applause, Kamla, Paulzi, Alvina, Antonio, Mohammed Rahman, Rishi, Maureen, uh, Dinesh and Diane, Shonice, and Kiara and Gabriel, give them a round of applause. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. It is amazing that you have joined us today. Just to run through a couple of announcements that, you know, Pastor Rowan and our lead pastors just want us to elaborate on. You know, we are going to be hosting our very first marriage conference in Faith Joburg. And our lead pastors have named it the I Do Conference. Give the Lord a round of applause for that, for marriages that are built on the foundation of God. You know, tickets will be going on sale next week for 20 bucks. Now, it's 20 rand. It's cheaper than a liter of petrol. Make every effort to buy one. If you are married, if you are in the process of getting married, if you are single and looking for someone, come to God first. Let Him give you the insight and the revelation knowledge on what to look for in a partner. So we are so grateful and so thankful to our lead pastors. Baby dedications will be open soon and you can use our Faith Joburg app. As Nevi said, um, what we do require is for you to put the full uh, name of your baby on the app and in the requested fields. And if you are unsure, some of us are a little bit unsure about these things, come and speak to any of our leaders, speak to any of our zone pastors or just come and see me after church and I'll help you with that. You know, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, as I've said. You know, I always say this, that the person that is behind the pulpit and with a microphone in his hand on the church is double accountable to God, to what he or she says. Because you are responsible for invoking life change in the hearts and in the minds of people. So, even as we, we get into something new, I want to... It is an, an amazing opportunity to be up here. It is something that I don't take lightly. It is something that our lead pastors have, have been teaching us to do, to take over. And, you know, I am blessed to have my lead pastors, Pastor Rowan and Pastor Nell, that have always encouraged us, not just by saying, but by doing, by not just talking the talk, but walking the walk of faith. And that is so important. It is so important that <clears throat> when you hear somebody preach and when you hear somebody impart and minister the word, they are doing it from the trenches. They are doing it from their homes. They are doing it from their workplace. This is practical application. 
Now, I'm a bit different when I preach, you know, I'm, I'm not much of a hype man when I preach. I'm, I have a bit of a, a teaching sort of background to me when it comes to preaching and, you know, Brother Goodwill was actually kind enough to remind me that the last time he heard me preach was way back at FYC when I used to um, give the message to the young people. And we've come a long way, Brother Goodwill. Nevi, we've come a long way. Sandra, Ceci, you know, Cammy, we've come a long way since then. The amazing thing about our church is that you are seeing growth, not just from our surf team. You are seeing it from the stage, from the praise and worship that you receive, from the technical team that broadcasts the service to every inch of the globe. And it all starts where you are seated right now. So if you have a pen, if you have a notepad, get that out, get that ready. If you have your Bible, get that ready. If you don't, I challenge you next week to bring a Bible. I'm a firm advocate of technology and I love what we do. This is, this is what God has called me to do. But nothing beats having a Bible in your hand where you can physically, tangibly turn through those pages and receive something that you never thought you would have received from looking at a screen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles here, get that ready. You know, I want to also give honor to two very special people because if it wasn't for them in my life, I wouldn't also be standing here preaching and teaching. To our Dr. Radha and Professor Ronnie Mutley, who's seated here, let's give them a round of applause. I always joke around and I always say I didn't just marry your niece. You know, there was other, you know, there were other motives. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. You know, but I've been in this ministry a long time. And, you know, I, I met my beautiful wife who is in the back. Sis, I love you. She's always been by my side. You know, I tell a lot of young people this. I tell a lot of young people this. I said, I say to them, and I, and I say this because I'm, I still regard myself as a, as a bit of a lighty. I'm still, I'm still young. I'm still 32. I'm still fresh out the game. I'm fresh out the box. I tell young people this myself. The person that you aspire to marry, not just be, the person that you aspire to marry, the person that you decide to put a ring on this finger, if it is not ordained by God, they can make you or they can break you. So we pray over each and every young person, each and every person in this place that is expecting, you know, to find somebody that you don't just find them in church, but you find them in the presence of God. Amen. Is that important for our young people? Is that important for people that are seated here right now? You know, my, my wife warns me and she says, you know, you like going according to the script, but when you do the announcements, you deviate from the script and you, you just become the, the motivational speaker and the, and the hype man for the church. But God spoke to me and he, he's been leading me differently. How many of you know that motivation takes you so far? Motivation is temporary. God's word is forever. If you don't know that, write that down because you could have the most energetic, fun-loving person up here behind a microphone and all they could be doing is just giving you the best show of the 30, 40 minutes that church is in progress for. But when you leave this ministry, when you leave the church, are you actually taking what they are saying and applying it to your daily life and that is the difference that we at Faith Joburg wanna we wanna do we wanna bring to you it is our bread and butter when we when we transition to Faith Joburg that we would empower families that we would be there for people and we would give them real life advice according to scripture on how to run their lives how to run their homes how to run their finances it's stage six load shedding right now I think stage 6 you know things are haywire but God how many of you believe that put your hands up but God you know before I get into the bread and butter of what and the meat of what I'm going into we get so phased by our situations that we forget who we serve yet we serve the God of this universe we we become so trendy as christians and we say really ignorant things like ah, i'm just gonna put it into the universe 
I'm going to put it into the universe or we're going to, it's trendy now to say stuff, I'm going to manifest this. We're going to manifest this or we're doing the Lord's work. I'm telling you today that we serve the creator of the universe. We serve a God of more than enough. We serve a God of the impossible. So I don't know what you have come to church for today. You might have a need. You might have a desire. You might have a situation that you might think is bigger than yourself. Well, I've got something to tell you today. We serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God that is bigger than your situation. And we serve a God that can do anything in an instance. Amen. Did I give you a good primer for the word? So I've been at Faith Joburg since I was in Sunday school and that's the truth. So I've been here at Faith Joburg since 2000 and I've grown up around here. I officially started serving in the ministry in 2009 and one day I'll tell you the story on why I joined. Um, it wasn't just to chase a beautiful girl you know, in the church who happened to be the pastor's niece. I joined the church and since that time, since, since I was in Sunday school, since, you know, I, I, I joined the leadership, I've seen people come and I've seen people go. I have seen people build and grow their faith from the teachings of, Dr., of Professor Ronnie and Dr. Rather. I've seen people grow their faith through our lead pastors, you know, Pastor Ron and Pastor Nell. But just as I've seen people grow, I have seen people completely lose their faith and lose their way. And I've asked myself, but Lord, they have been to church every single Sunday. From what we know, people were consistent tithers and yes, they were getting blessed, but why were they still, why have they still lost their faith? What has happened? How many of you know that when you look at people, you sort of, and if you are a Christian, you can sort of see how strong they are in God. You can sort of sense it, you know. You can have this, 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 this spirit of discernment that tells you that this person, this individual that is seated right there, that is a mature spiritual Christian. That is, this is somebody that knows the word. This is somebody that applies the word. How many of you know that? How many of you believe that, 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 that that's happened? You know, and... I've realized when we make decisions, when we are spiritually immature, that's when the problem starts. When we start making decisions based on our feelings, on how we feel, and when we don't bring to God our problems, we are then manipulated by those feelings and we are not standing on the word of God. And that is one of the biggest problems that we in the church are facing today. It's not something we as a church take lightly. It is something that we are trying to work on because we week in and week out preach about life change. We preach about faith. But me speaking from this microphone which Pastor Rowan calls Excalibur and he has given me the privilege to use it this morning. We don't apply the word in our daily life. Some of us come to church as a mere formality just because we want to be present in the house of the Lord. Just because it is socially acceptable and it's cool to tell our families, yeah, no, I'm going to church, auntie. That's not how it is. You come to church because you are seeking God to do something different in your life. You are coming to church because you are trying to build your faith as a believer. You come to church because God is bigger than your problems. Amen. You know, we sometimes make these decisions based on how we feel. And it, like I said, it's the worst thing to do. Our feelings are mostly wrong because our feelings come from our heart. And you know what the Bible says about our hearts. You know, when we let our moods manipulate how we feel and how we act, we are spiritually immature in God's eyes we are seen as a baby we are seen as a baby now I don't know about you but being a, a dad for the past 10 months I understand what a, what having a baby is like it's cute it is it is one of the most beautiful things to see a baby that that, that needs your attention that, that that wants you to carry her I mean i.e. my daughter is is in the back but you know what is scary 
It is scary that we have people that have grown up, but have they really grown up? We have people that grow older, but have they actually grown up? And when I'm speaking about grown up, how much of the word are you receiving and taking and using that in your daily life? You know, God doesn't want you to stay a baby forever. He doesn't. That wasn't his plan and his purpose. He wants you to be a man and a woman, a father and a mother, a sister, an, a brother, an uncle, an auntie, somebody that can stand on his word when life happens. Because we've seen a trend as believers when something happens, when something breaks us, when the trauma hits the fan, as I like to say. Our first response isn't to get on our knees and pray. Our first response is to pick up the phone and post a status about it. Our first response is to tell people sometimes in our circles that are just there to gossip and to listen to your problems and don't want you to succeed. Our problem is that we call the pastor and expect the pastor to have all the answers for you, but he's been telling you what to do Sunday to Sunday. So what more do you want the church to do when you can't action and unlock your blessings yourself? Before I get into the title of, of our message, it is our custom at Faith Joburg to stand for the reading of God's word. If you have your Bibles out, take them out and let's go to Ephesians 4.11. I'll give you a minute. Ephesians 4.11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for his works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. But until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be like infants, like babies, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Bless the reading of the Lord's word. Amen. Let us say the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thy is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen you may be seated father god we come before you we thank you and we give you all the praise honor and glory we thank you for the message that our family is about to hear, Lord. Thank you that this is going to be life-changing for them, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that they may use this, not just on a Sunday, but in their daily lives. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. As I've said, I'm, I'm excited to be here. You know, we serve a God that has created the heavens and the earth. We, we, we serve a God who is a God of order. He's a God of logic. He's a God of putting things into perspective in the correct way. You know, when he designed the heavens and the earth, he, he put rules in place on how the universe is managed. In science, we call that physics. But how many of you know 
that in our spiritual life there are certain rules and laws that are applied to the spiritual side of our lives. Amen. I'm going to be going into some of those rules that I have discovered. You know, sometimes in our lives, as I've said, we go through things that that have completely affects our faith. You know, it brings you to a point where you don't know what to do. I have always had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home by good parents, by by good family members who always taught us right from wrong. They always taught us, you know, about the Bible. It started at home. I had the, the privilege of going to a Christian school. I had the privilege of serving in a church that teaches consistently and practices what they teach. But how many of you know you can be taught everything that you need to know about the Bible and about God? But when trauma comes knocking at your door, are you ready? Are you ready to do life when it gets really real? Because it's easy for us to say, Amen, glory, hallelujah, and all that. But when you are alone in your bed at night, staring up at your ceiling, knowing that you have a negative bank balance, and you have to pay your child's school fees tomorrow, otherwise they're not going to give you your child's report, what then? What do you do when you have a sick wife and you have exhausted all options? Medical aid is exhausted. You've got no other option. Do you phone the pastor and ask him to pray for you? Do you phone our leaders? Because they will and they do an amazing job and God bless them for that. But what do we do? What do we change in our lifestyle to unlock the blessings of God? I've come across these six rules. I don't want to call them laws. I would like to call them more principles. And can I be real? Can I, can I just drop the, the preacher mentality? Can I just be pregnant? I'm not a pastor. Can, can I just be pregnant with you? Can I, can I be real? Is that cool? That's cool. Before Hannah was born, Ceci and I prayed and we wanted, we we came to the realization that it's time we want to have a child. I was a bit hesitant because I was like, do we really need, and I, I, I spoke at that time as if Hannah was an object. And I was like, do we really need a Hannah right now? I mean, life is good. We don't, you know, we can go out, we can come back, we can do what we want. But how many of you husbands know, when your wife desires something, when your wife desires something, you have no choice but to submit and to surrender if it's, in, you know, if it's biblical and if it's allowed. And in this case, my wife so, so much desired a child. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to be a dad. Let's do this. You know, I've got a man up now. So we started fasting and it was during the, the Daniel fast. We started fasting and, and you know, we, there was one particular it was a Sunday, I think, or it was a, what it was a Saturday. We came together as husband and wife in our living room and we prayed. I underestimated my wife's faith because I always told her I'm God's favorite. God works according to my time when I pray. Getting to the point of the story, we prayed, we believed, we trusted, we applied the word, we were consistent. A couple months later, Oh, and mind you, my, my, my plan, pregnancy plan was that CSE would only fall pregnant in October and in December because it's a nice cushioning period. I get to save up money because right now I'm just living my best life, buying all the tackies I want, you know, just loving life. Uber Eats. Amen. Something happened during the fast. <laughs> and it's weird. It is so weird. It's God. It's not weird. It's, it's God. Ceci falls pregnant. And you can clap for that because if you understand that the doctors had told her it would take a couple more months for your body to become more fertile, God had a different plan. You see, before I get into the the technical, theological, preaching, teaching stuff. I want to tell you, I'm standing here because of him. 
the little girl that my auntie is, is, is rocking to sleep, that is a tangible, visual representation of God's goodness in my life, in my wife's life. Amen. So if you know my story, you will know that it doesn't just take a Sunday to get your blessing. Amen. You like that? You know, when, when Professor Ronnie gives me the go-ahead and I know I'm doing a good job, the title of my message before it goes up, before it goes up, I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to look them with boldness and confidence in your eyes, in their eyes. I want you to take your hand and I want you to do it like this, you know, do this, yeah. I want you to go, keep going up, keep going up, right, look at them. And I want, to, I want you to say in the most coolest, the most baddest way ever, levels. The topic and my message today is levels. And I am going to be giving you the game plan to faith. Now, before you guys get all worked up and you're pregnant, he's second year Bible college, he knows what he's doing. This is just a sidebar, you know, that the technical team, which I am so privileged and honored to be part of the leadership of their team, you know, they came to me this morning and they're like, this is nothing for you, you know, you, you know, you're the hype man, this is, this is second nature, and I told them to an extent that that is correct, but this is different, I'm now giving God's word to people, I am now in charge of cooking for the family, that is my job right now, I'm cooking so that we can feed you. And you can take that nutrition and you can use that energy and do things in God's name. And I told them, I use this analogy, I don't want to mess up the food. Because how many of you know when somebody messes up the food in the house, it's a problem. They put too much salt or too little salt. They make, didn't make it hot enough for the one person. So today I'm going to be preaching about levels and the game plan to faith what I've realized in life and through my spiritual walk with God and, you know, being surrounded by, you know, I'm blessed. I keep saying this, I'm blessed in and I'm blessed out because I am surrounded by a leadership that is played up. That, you know, they are, they are practitioners, doers. Practitioners is just a fancy word for doers. They are people that do the word. You know, I am, I, my social media has flooded with people like Dr. Louisa Brown that posts insight, you know. I've got Brother Goodwill who is literally a Nevi and, and, and everyone else that have literally just built us up over the years. You know, you know, Pastor, Pastor Rowan, Pastor Nell, all these people, Dr. Ro, uh, Professor Ronnie, Dr. Rao, they've all been there and they've edified me. That's, a, that's just a fancy word for it. They've built me up. They have taught me everything I know and everything that I am today is from him and him alone. So I am so honored and so blessed to come to the first rule, rule number one. And if you have a, a notepad or a pen and a page, you can write this down. So rule number one, it will also come up on the screen. We level up when we feed on God's word. I'm going to say that again. We level up when we feed on God's word. The Bible is literally literally your instruction manual to life if you didn't realize that it is literally your instruction instruction manual to life this is your recipe book to success your secret source everything that god has ordained in your life can be unlocked if you understand how to use it and how to say it by faith that is just the basics of it this is what we have been taught this has been the bread and butter of Faith Joburg since my life. Amen. You know, I'm going to give you an, a bit of an analogy. If you are eating junk food all day, are you going to feel good at the end of the day? No. So, I'm going to throw another curveball to you. If you are only eating on a Sunday... If you are only eating whatever you want, however you want, on a Sunday. But from Monday to Saturday, you are not eating anything at all. Are you still going to be okay? No, right? 
So why do we as Christians want 100% of God's blessing in our life when we are only putting in 20% of the effort on a Sunday? Has anyone ever thought about that? We expect to come to church for, and I'm going to speak Christianese, this is just fancy words we use on the pulpit and behind the pulpit. We come to church expecting what we call revelation knowledge, which means God giving you knowledge and wisdom and insight on how to handle your life. We expect these things, but we do nothing else from Monday to, to Saturday. How are you preparing yourself? How are you preparing your spirit to take on life? You know, it's not enough. Not getting fed enough will make you a weak and malnourished Christian who doesn't have the energy or the tools or the skills to deal with the realities of life. Let's go to Matthew 4, verse 14. I'm going to give you guys a second to get to that scripture. So Matthew 4, 14. And if I move too fast... You have the ability to say prigs, just just like hold on, like relax, like that's cool. Matthew 4:14 says, Jesus answered, It is written that man shall not live on bread alone, maybe a little bit of peanut butter and jam, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's go to Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20 verse 32 now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which you can which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified sanctified is a special word that just means you have been set apart you have been chosen you are a Christian you believe in God and God has a plan for your life that is what sanctified means so if you don't know now you know would you like to get all the blessings that God has in store for you by the show of hands? Do you want to be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? Because sometimes we sit here and keep keep your hands up. Sometimes we sit here because this is a mediocre thing for us to do on a Sunday. It's a traditional thing for us to do. You can put your hands down. We all want to be blessed. We all want to receive the best from God. But when you read the word and become mature and you become spiritually mature God gives you the blessings of your heart He gives you what you have not only desired He blesses you in ways you will never understand He blesses your present He blesses your future that will rewrite what happened in the past That is the amazing power of God You know Sometimes we sugarcoat the word and, you know, we try and water it down so that it's easy for everyone to understand. But the truth of the matter is, this is not easy to understand if you are just reading it once a week on a Sunday. There are six ways in which we can feed ourselves with the word of God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a hand illustration. So you, if you know you want to be visual about it, you can put your hand out in front of you or you'll see on the screen it's going to come up. Number one, on your hand, your pinky finger, you hear the word. What we're doing right now in church, we are hearing the word. Number two, what you are also doing, you are reading the word. Number three, we have to study the word. Studying the word can be a Bible study at home. Or if you really want to level up your faith, Faith Bible College is open. Pastor Ron, that's a plug for you. Faith Bible College study the word number four we memorize the word it is no good to study if we can't recall and we can't memorize the word number five we meditate to those who don't really understand what meditate means it means to think about to to wonder to think about what you've just read number number six is the palm and that is the application of what you have just done with the word. Now I don't know about you, but I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and illustrate this. You know, 
in the best way that I can. If you are coming to church only on a Sunday and all you're doing is reading the word, can you see my pinky is kind of struggling right now? Can you see like it, I'm struggling to hold this Bible? If all you're doing is hearing the word and nothing else, you then allow the situations of life or the enemy to steal the blessing without any problem. But now if I hear the word and if I read the word, can you see the grip intensifies? It becomes a little bit less harder. If I study the word, I'm getting a better grip on things. My life is starting to change. If I memorize the word, when things start to go wrong, I can recall the word. When I meditate on the word, I stand firm on the word. I understand what's going on. When I apply the word, that's when life change starts to happen. That's when breakthrough starts to happen. That is when God does the most impossible things in your life. When you thought I was down and out, when I was left for dead, when I was broken, when I didn't have a job, that's when, when Jesus just comes, comes through for you when you apply the word. Sometimes we have become so traditional in our mindsets about church that we have forgotten that we are supposed to feed ourselves daily, not just one day, not just a Sunday. You are supposed to do this every single day. This is an action, a call to action that you can do right now before I get to the rest of, write this down, take a picture. This will be on the app in the week. Commit five minutes if you can if you're already doing that that's cool I'm not talking to you I'm talking to the person here that's never fully understood what it means to feed on the word of God and this was new to me I had to start learning this in my life five minutes a day whether it's the morning I personally like the quiet hours where there's no you know distractions take five take take five minutes and just start reading through one scripture, one, one verse. It's like going to the gym. For me, the hardest thing to do was wake up at 5 o'clock every morning, being a new uh, a, a dad that, you know, obviously has a, a baby that's crying, you know, and waking up and going to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's hard. Those first couple days, it's brutally hard. I don't want to open my Bible. I don't want to wait five minutes. I've got better things to do. Let's be honest. It is so easy for us to sideline to sideline the things of God. And it is so easy for us to get caught up in the things of the world. I'm not being super spiritual here. We have more time to binge watch series than to reflect on God's word during the week. We have more time to gossip about people than to do Bible study with our friends and family. And then we want to know why we're going through what we're going through. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to bring anyone into condemnation here, but sometimes you've, you've got to ask yourself, am I here because the devil did this to me or did I do this because I did this to me? You know, it's a hard thing to come to terms with, but now is your chance to turn things around. We forget 95% of everything that we listen to in the first 72 hours. To the pastors that are here, that is scary. You know, make this a lifestyle. The, the other five points that I'm going to be going through now, I'm, I'm going to reiterate on them. But if there's one thing that I can say is make this a lifestyle. Don't make this a traditional thing that we as Christians do on a Sunday because when you start looking beyond tradition when you start changing your lifestyle and I'll get to the next point now I'll stress this again God does things God turns things around how many of you right now in the congregation are suffering with either the flu or an ailment or you just you're really trusting God to do something in your life I was recovering from the flu a couple weeks ago. So if you are here right now in that fragile state that you might be in, I am challenging you to stand on God's word. I am challenging you to hear the word. I am challenging you to read the word. I am challenging you to memorize the word. 
to meditate, to apply, to do all those things and see what God will do for you with healing specifically. <coughs> I have seen, I have heard, I have witnessed people being healed just like that. It wasn't some hocus pocus thing that happened. It is the spirit of God that is activated through the application of what you have read and understood and applied in your life. Amen. The next law that I'm going to go to. When we level up, we learn in different ways. And this is, this is a practical teaching. When God made us, he made us all different. There are no two people here that are the same. There's only one pregnant, there's one Uzay, and there's one goodwill. When he made us, God made us unique and he made us special. And if you want to grow and level up, you need to understand what your learning style is. You need to adapt to other learning styles. Let's go to Luke 3.18 and I'm going to elaborate. I'm going to explain on that just a little bit more. If you are a student here, so if you are in primary school and more so high school and university, this is a, this is a good concept that you can actually apply you know, in your schooling career. So let's go to Luke 3.18. And with many other words, this is John. John exhorted, taught the people and proclaimed, he preached the good news to them. Why did John preach to people in different ways? Go back to what I just said. Every one of us are different. It's simple. You know, I'm going to go into detail. You know, some of us learn by listening. That is a learning style. We are people who, what we're doing right now, this is predominantly what church is. You come to church and you listen to the word and it clicks. We get it. We understand. That's cool. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us need to see. You know, some of us need to watch. Some of us need to read, you know, and it just, it sinks in. And then, you know, some of us learn by talking. Some of us, and this is, this, is kind of, this is a little bit of me, I get insight and I get ideas when I talk to people about ideas, when I'm explaining something to them, whether it's at work or, you know, whether at church. You know, and then you've got some of us, you know, who don't like to listen. We've got some of us who don't like to read. And we've got some people that just don't like to talk. Those people are called men. That, that, that's a joke it's a dry joke but now I'm joking but seriously I personally fall into that last category and the last learning style is we learn by doing we learn by being hands on we learn by being involved so you're probably asking Dragon, but what what are all these learning styles what do they have to do with me being a Christian if you start listening in the church and if you start reading your Bible, not just in the church, but at home and at work, if you start discussing the word with your family and friends versus gossiping, if you start applying everything about the word in your daily life, God starts to understand this. And that's when God starts to work in your life. I will prove that to you. Let's go to Job 33, 14. It says, for God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. And that is basically because sometimes you are not in tune to understand. But through the repetition of all of, of learning in those different ways is when you start to actually hear God's voice clearer and clearer every time you get intimate with God. You know, we sometimes sit week in and week out in church you know and we have no life change and this is part of the reason because there's no application and I'm gonna stress that about application there we come to rule number three rule number three is where I'm gonna spend a little bit of my time you know we level up when we develop spiritual habits I'm gonna say that again and I'm gonna say that slowly we level up when we develop spiritual habits habits I cannot stress how important it is to have good habits in your life and this is somebody that had bad habits and had to change them 
not just not just spiritually you know we always talk about goals and visions we always talk about having a plan and where we want to go in life but you can't accomplish a goal or a vision if your mind or your body and your spirit is not in tune to your habits if you have bad habits you will go nowhere your habits determine who you are your habits and who you are will determine where you are going in life you can't say that you're a kind person most of the time when some of the time you're a horrible person you can't say you're a loving and kind person when a taxi driver cuts you off and you react appropriately to that it is is this reaching someone that's that's the reality of it of 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 forming habits imagine if i tell my wife that i will be faithful most of the time and i will i'll be like sis i will be faithful to you for 28 days and then yeah you know the rest partial faithfulness is unfaithfulness let that sink into and and connect that to your relationship with god being half in and half out is being completely unfaithful to god if god is requiring you he wants 100% of you he doesn't want a part of you he doesn't want to share you the bible says he's a jealous god and that starts with developing spiritual habits if we go to john 13 john 13 17 you know how do you develop before i read in like how do you develop spiritual habits you develop them as i said through repetition and through daily practicing of those habits john 13 17 john 13 17 now that you know these things now that you know these rules you will be blessed if you you will be blessed if you exactly you know it's the scary truth but you don't get the blessings of god by just knowing the truth I hope this is getting to you. You don't just get the blessings of God by just knowing what to do. You get the blessings of God by actually doing the right thing. Amen. He doesn't look at your intention. God will never look at your intention. He looks at your action. He knows that you know, but does he know that you're about to do it? And I know that sounds so confusing. but you can have all this head knowledge you can come to church but if you are not doing this day in and day out are you really expecting god to do something in your life and if you telling yourself this ah i'm going to start when my life is at a a better place i'm going to start when i get my life right the greatest time to change your life around is right now If you are seated in this church you are blessed beyond measure. If you are seated right here in this in in the physical church you are blessed in and blessed out and you don't even realize it. The the fact that you are seated there breathing with a strong heartbeat don't clap for me clap for him. Clap for him. He has given you the ability to come to church to learn to understand his word, to understand how to change your life. The greatest time to start to start is now. Other people have not gotten that opportunity because they have been so distracted by the other habits that they have in their life. It's amazing to say this but you are where God wants you to be right now where you are seated whether you are in the church whether you are at home on your couch or on your bed or in your car listening to this you are where God wants you to be right now this is your turning point with whatever you are hoping or trusting God for amen you know in hebrews 5 verse 14 and I'm I'm just going to for time I'm just going to go straight into it. It says but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And that's what happens when you start developing your habits. You know babies eat food like purity. 
But when you are grown and you are mature and your habits are in check, you get to eat the steak. You know, we often make mistakes in life because we don't know what to do. You know, our habits dictate what we do and, you know, it gets worse because sometimes unqualified people in our lives infiltrate our lives and give us what we would think is good advice but actually makes the situations worse. I don't know about you, but some of us also need to go home and part of developing spiritual habits is checking your contact list. Checking your social media friends. Are there people that are gossiping in your life that you are entangled with? Because if you are surrounding yourself with gossip, you're not developing spiritual habits, you are developing a spirit of gossip. If you are surrounding yourself by people who are corrupt, no matter how much of a good person you are, I can put money on that and I can say that you will become corrupt in time. Developing spiritual habits is not as easy as just opening your Bible every day. It forms part of a bigger picture. Forming and developing spiritual habits are meant for those who are willing to put in the, week, put in the work to turn their lives around. You know, examples of what spiritual habits are, you know, reading God's word, being humble and gentle, being slow to speak and quick to listen. This is something I still struggle with, ask my wife. Gratitude. If you want the truth, successful people are willing to put in the time to develop good spiritual habits. Unsuccessful people or mediocre people do nothing and complain. Unsuccessful people and people who are mediocre, and I use mediocre with a lot of respect, people who are just at a place in their lives where they're just stuck. They are stuck. They are not moving. They are not progressing. That, that, that's mediocre. There's, there's, no, there's no change. Those are the people that do nothing yet complain the most and yet gossip the most. Say this to your neighbor, it's time to change. Now say it like you mean it, it's time to change. That's, that's it, that's it. If we go to Joshua 1 verse 8, Joshua 1 verse 8, I'm going to get into it. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, say with me, then you will be prosperous and successful. If you want to change your life at home, if you want to change your life at work, if you want to change your relationships and the people that you hang out with, Please refer to your instruction manual for further advice on how to run your life and not the auntie next door. Refer back to your instruction manual before WhatsApping whoever you WhatsApp and gossiping. Sometimes it's good to just switch off the news. Sometimes it's good just to like, you know, Lord, we have been bombarded with so much of bad news. We have been so conditioned to think in a survival manner when the Bible says I've given you the tools to not just survive but to thrive. And we take that for granted so much. God is not moved by your situation. He moves when you trust in him, when you know his word and you act upon it in faith. You can come to me or come to our lead pastors or come to our serve team with tears in your eyes and we will console you and we will do the best to calm you down. But it is up to you and God. God is not moved by emotion. He is moved by his word and by faith. The fourth law or the fourth rule. We level up your faith by helping each other grow. I'm going to say that again. You level up your faith by helping each other grow. You cannot become spiritually mature by yourself. No matter what anybody tells you, it is impossible. God had discovered this early on in creation when he created Adam and he said that it was not good for man to be alone. Amen. That's why he created the beautiful woman in our lives. Amen. Amen. You cannot grow to the person that God wants you to be by yourself. You need me. I need you. 
and we need each other. That's why we come to church. That is why outside of church we have the WhatsApp groups. I'm, I'm not plugging faith. I'm just faith Joburg. I'm saying this is the tools that we as a church have given to our people. You know, our WhatsApp groups are not there just to spam you with events. It is there to encourage and to uplift you. We complain about getting so many messages from pastors and from the church, but you don't complain of all the nonsense you get in other WhatsApp groups. Can we get an amen? It hurts, but it's the truth. You know, we complain when the pastors or the people in the church ask us to like, share, and subscribe. But some of us men, if we go to our browser histories, what then? I know I'm hitting some, some I'm tugging at a lot of heartstrings, but this is the reality of helping each other grow. Helping each other grow is more than just saying, hey, how's it, what, what, you, what you up to? Helping each other grow is about being accountable to one another when you see them and not gossiping behind their backs. The biggest cause of people not joining the church or joining you know, the serve team is because they have church hurt that has stemmed from people not only in the leadership but people in the very same ministry that they are seated next to gossiping about them and hurting them. We are supposed to be people who love one another. We are supposed to be people who help one another grow. But instead we go home at the lunch table and we, did you see what that girl was wearing on the stage? Did you see what the pastor was wearing? I bet it's the tithes money that he's using. I said it. It hurts but it's the truth. A pro tip, if you want to help each other grow, learn to take your brother aside and tell them or your sister and tell them, correct them. Correct them with love. It is so conditioned with our generation that we want to see the next person fail so that we can get the heads up. So can we can. And that's not how God wants us to grow. God wants us to develop our faith and to level up our faith by helping each other grow. If we go to Matthew 9, 29, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, so if you're still going to get to that's fine. He says, then he touched their eyes. So it's actually Romans 1, verse 12. I'm getting too ahead of myself here. Romans 1, 12. That is that I may be encouraged together by you by the mutual faith both of you and me literally what they are saying that is I may be comforted together by you by the mutual faith we build one another up if I do something wrong Ceci corrects me because she is the closest person to me in my vicinity in my personal space I'm speaking to some husbands today how many of us don't want to be corrected even though our wife sort of comes to us in a submissive way and says you know babe maybe we should this way but what happens to us as men our egos kick in straight now you don't know what you're talking about how many of us as sons have and parents this is not your opportunity to like tap your son or tap your daughter how many of us as kids have back chatted our parents when our parents have tried to correct us corrected us in what we're doing sometimes you have to look at the intention of the next person correcting you. They're not doing it because they want to be funny. They want to help you grow in your life. They have either been through it and they don't want to go through it again. And secondly, they don't want to see what they have gone through through you. If you are parents here today, you have the authority through the Bible and God tells you to help your family grow by correcting them. Correcting doesn't just mean talking to them, taking a phone away. You have every right to discipline and correct your child so that when they have to face the real world one day, they can stand firm on the word of God. Amen. You know, I'm, I'm drawing to a close and, you know, my wife was like, make sure like you, you don't keep people here because people are hungry and, you know, people, you know, our, our, our family here, you know, they want to go home and they want to eat. They, they love you, Pregan. They love the word, but they want to go home and they want to eat. You know, especially when there's mutton curry waiting for them at home. Amen. Law number five. 
We level up when we expect to grow. I'm going to repeat that again. We level up when we expect to grow. I like to call this not the fear factor. I like to call this the faith factor. Matthew 9 to 29, and I'm reading from the Amplified. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, and then in brackets it says, your trust and your confidence and in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. Do you realize that God blesses you according to your faith? It's funny, eh? Because God tells us that we get to choose how much we are blessed. But we do one of two things. We ask for the very least or we ask for nothing at all. What are you going to expect to happen this week? What are you going to hope to happen next month and next year? I want you to write this down or make a mental note. Today when you go home and when you have quiet time, I want you to make a list of things that you are hoping God to do in your life. Whether it's healing, whether it's a job, whether it's financial freedom, whether it's a new car. Tailor that list according to what your heart's desires are because you can't have a game plan if you don't have a goal for the game plan. You know, expectation is something that we've learned about. When you find out you're pregnant, you have an expectation for what the current nine months have until you actually experience those pains after the nine months. And when the breakthrough comes, it normally comes after a time of being consistent, going to the doctor, and finally being in the hospital and giving birth. If this is your life right now, you are going through a hard time. You are going through everything that the world is throwing at you. You are going through what people have told you that you can't become but I've got something to tell you today the ninth month is coming your breakthrough is being birthed through the faith and the understanding of God's word and of you understanding that faith and that word and putting it into action that is the expectation to grow if you expect nothing you will get nothing Set a goal and activate word through faith. Change your habits and expect the miracle to happen. My last rule. My last rule and this, this is quite important. You level up your faith when you commit to grow. You level up your faith when you commit to grow. This is different from the previous one and I'm going to paraphrase when you commit or when you choose to grow. You cannot have faith if you don't commit to the faith. That's not how faith works. Spiritual growth is not an automatic process. It is a choice that each and every one of us have to make. You must choose to develop your habits. You must choose to help your neighbor. You must choose to have faith. And finally, you must choose to learn. You really have to ask yourself one year from today, am I going to be that same person on the, the 18th of September 2022? Or am I going to be the person that God had planned and ordained you to be? Are you still going to be stuck in the mud or are you going to be successful in whatever God has planned for your life? You know, sometimes we've got to stop blaming everyone for what has happened in our lives and sometimes we have to take stock and look in the mirror, not just physically but spiritually. Sometimes we don't like what we see in that mirror. Sometimes the realization that we have messed up, it's too much. Well, God's grace is there for you. He makes all things new. Jeremiah 29, 13, this is one of the last scriptures I'm going to quote. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me, and you will find me. And when you search for me, with all your heart. God is literally telling you right now, that if you want to level up, and you, He wants you to be the man or woman, that He has designed for you, that He's going to take you from place to place. He's going to take you from strength to strength. He's going to do the impossible when your family said it couldn't be done. 
if you are a lady here and you are expecting to fall pregnant and the doctors have told you it is impossible I, I, I actually don't have the number of hand but there is so much of breakthroughs just by staring into the crowd right now I see too if you want that for your life you don't just go through all the processes only but you come to God directly and you activate the want through the faith and through his word as I've said before he knows your thoughts he knows every area of your life he is all powerful all sufficient he is here right now to meet you at whatever stage you are at your life this message might have refreshed your faith or it might have caused an awakening in your spirit and if it has I want you to stand up right now I want you to stand up right now this is not the time to go to the bathroom this is not this is not the time to check your phone to check what the time is this is the time where you stand up you have been given the game plan now it is time to come to the throne room of God this is not time to mess around this is not time to think about what's for for lunch this is not time to think about where you are going after church you are currently here right now if this is new to you and this is completely your first time getting into the presence of God what I want you to do is to loosen up loosen up get some space don't bump into your neighbor I want you to close your eyes every eye closed every head bowed you are coming into a place of surrender right now and if you are man or woman enough you will put your hands up and you will surrender unto him yourself so with every eye closed and every head bowed and every hand stretched I want you to pray for the next minute. Get into a time of prayer. You are not conditioned to only call the pastor when things go bad. You are your own first responder through God. Let us pray and let us let us bring this to God. Let us bring ourselves, let us renew our minds. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your spirit is moving here right now. Thank you for life change. Thank you for allowing us to level up our faith. Thank you Jesus for allowing us to unlock the blessings through faith and practical application. Thank you Lord that our needs are being met and fulfilled Lord. 